Welcome to Overanalyzing, a conversational podcast that explores pop culture, literature, and media. I'm Paige, and I'm here with my brother Cole this week to overanalyze Cheer, the documentary series on Netflix that follows a collegiate cheer team on their journey to the national championships. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to Overanalyzing. I'm Paige, and I'm here with... Dun, dun, dun. Hey, you guys, it's me. It's me, Cole. <laughs> I'm bringing more energy this episode. Right out the gate. Right out the gate, because we are trying to match the energy of the people on Cheer, which we are so excited to talk about today. And that is some fucking energy. That's some energy. Let me tell you. This show changed my world. It gave me like the joy that I needed in January when it was just the grind, things mm-hmm. were gray, winter <laughs> felt really long, even in Southern California. And cheer changed my life. Cheer, it brought me through, you know? <laughs> wow, no, that's amazing. Same. I was home for winter break and doing literally fucking nothing. My three friends didn't text me back. And so <laughs> there I was. And Cheer got me through And it. you watched Cheer with our brother, Dane. Yes. And we watched every single episode in one day. It, it was incredible. It. Mm-hmm. I really, I don't even know. Truly. That was one of the shows where I was just, which I feel like this is rare. I normally don't just bop around on Netflix and click haphazardly on, on just any show. I like to have some kind of idea what I'm going into or a recommendation from a friend or the internet or something. But Cheer, mm-hmm. I just, I was like... Vatistas, and I just clicked it, and I was sucked in immediately. No, yeah, everything about the cover, the first episode, it all screams, "Watch this, bitch!" And we and, and watch it, we did, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, want to know from your uh, op- opinion and perspective. Perspective as a male cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wish that you could have been a male cheerleader after seeing this? Um, no. Okay. But thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were, you did. I really like tumbling, but. Let's go ahead and tell all the listeners that Cole did trampoline. Is that the proper term for it? (laughs) That is the proper (laughs) term. I did the trampoline, yeah. But. Um, I competed in um, trampoline gymnastics uh, at a very high level. Yes. And by that, I mean like level six or whatever it was. It was you were just <laughs> not very. You were high. pretty impressive though, and there was what was that? That I think oh. that was I don't know a two year stint. I was in college. It was a one. Oh, year it was a one year stint. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But trampoline all my life, competitive trampoline one year and and a rough year. And they made you travel to like the dingiest <laughs> gyms. I remember the darkest places. R- truly, I remember like driving two hours and 45 minutes um, on a, on a no. weekend from from my school when I was at college just to see you. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, so scary. I was happy to do it, but it's just, it was a funny, funny little world. But you were, you were so good that they, the coach said you could go to the Olympics for trampolining. What? You don't remember that? You're manufacturing that, or mom told you that. That was not the case. Really? I feel like... <laughs> really? <laughs> competed for like four months, and my coach was like, the Olympics. 
No, no. Okay, I I guess I just pulled that out of thin air. Or, but I really feel like I remember. You know, Mom and Dad. I'm gonna choose to believe it. Yeah, I you were talented. Let's choose to believe. I could have gone to the Olympics, mm-hmm. listeners, mm-hmm. and that should tell you everything you need to know about my merit when discussing a topic like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had the talent. You just didn't want to want to really put it to use. So I could have been really smart if I tried. Yeah. I just didn't want to. You didn't want to. Yeah. Anywho, um, watching this may have given you a little uh, little journey back into your roots, but it's also mm-hmm. its own totally different thing. And all mm-hmm. I could think about when watching it was like, I mean, I, the only thing I know about competitive cheerleading is bring it on. That's my only mm-hmm. like cultural touch point. And that's all the the American public knows. Pretty much. Is bring it yeah. on. Yeah. And I actually think bring it on after seeing this series, I think whoever wrote and created bring it on did a pretty good job of obviously it's it's like yeah. a, a hyper kind of like parodied version of what actually goes down. But like barely. They did a they did a pretty amazing job of of conveying the intensity and mm-hmm. like those people are actually that dramatic. Like the inner squad dynamics and Daytona and the uh, energy there. Uh, and <laughs> I just, I loved it so much. It makes me, Daytona. I mean, I'm sure that anyone who is or has been a cheerleader doesn't enjoy being compared to Bring It On because it's everybody's like only reference point. But mm. I have to say, I think they did pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. I also had this feeling while watching it, like it's one of those things that just brings you into a small world that you knew nothing about but that is just existing at all times while you're living your life doing whatever you do there are people training for daytona oh and that's crazy do you know what i mean yes they're training right now they're feeling the intensity like people are thinking about whether they're gonna make matt at daytona right right now now. they're they're doing they're sitting in their room doing crunches like in a fever, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Just hoping to... For Daytona. For Daytona, yeah. hoping to get their six-pack just sharp as possible. Wow. They're weighing themselves. They're hydrating. Mm-hmm. They are re-watching routines online. Totally. Yeah. I th- uh, Just a dedication to something that, if you're like me, you knew literally fucking nothing about. Yeah. But, like, that's their world. Totally. And I am amazed. And I think that's the mark of a, a really well-done documentary that can pull you into that type of insular Mm, world mm -hmm. and really make you interested in it and also invested in the course of just six hours no literally me and my straight brother not that i'm straight but my straight brother was out there screaming like he's not gonna fucking make matt if he keeps (laughs) jumping like that (laughs) like with that kind of work ethic there's no way he'll make make matt in time for daytime and it's like how did they get us to have this kind of energy for cheerleading completely a dad it's watched amazing. it too my husband yeah. and i watched it dad was the one that recommended it <laughs> to dane and i dad was like y'all gotta watch this show called i cheer. love thinking about him just i don't know lifting weights in the garage or something and, and watching cheer on his ipad and then being like the and like jerry was changing his yeah life. and being like the kids will love this because <laughs> <laughs> i love this so why do you think that wow. it has become such a sensation 
I, f- I feel like, back to what I was saying earlier, at least, like, for me, it felt like just, like, a microcosm of, like, the dreams that we all have. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have a Daytona in our life, you know? And it's so cool to see these kids just, like, do everything it fucking takes to make their dream come true and dedicate themselves completely to whatever their passion is. It made me feel like, wow, like, I can do this, too. I can achieve my Daytona. <laughs> That's the true message behind this, is everyone has their own Daytona, and you, uh-huh. everyone has their own two minutes and 15 seconds, and you can get there. Mm-hmm. And I want to get there. I want to be on mat. I want to get that fucking trophy, and I want to run, I wanna run in the water. the ocean afterwards. I want to, yeah. And I'm going to do I want to be soaked like a champion. Because if, if Jerry can do it, if Jerry can get to Daytona, make it on mat, and run into that water, then I can do fucking anything. <laughs> It is, though. It is that inspiring. And I think there yeah. as much, I mean. I cried. I, I cried, too. Cried. I challenge you to find someone who did not tear up, at least, when yeah. watching this series. Including Ladarius's homophobic brother. Oh, that was so. Who shed a full-ass tear. That was so beautiful. This, the single tear just rolling down and the music <laughs> playing and the, the inspiring uh-huh. music. And, oh, that was just incredible. That's Another a good point to touch on, too, because that was perfect reality TV. So good. That was prime reality. Like, that's what it, sh- it should look like. And I feel like we've seen, like, a resurgence in reality TV recently with, like, some big names like Love Island and Drag Race and a couple others that are just, like, condensing reality TV into the perfect mixture of, like, drama, heart, intensity, romance that we all want. Mm-hmm. And Cheer did that as well. Totally. Cheer is interesting because I think it's a really cool mix of wholesomeness, but then a lot of heaviness as well. Like, we dive into the backstories of these different people and Mm -hmm. we see their trauma. All of them have pretty traumatic childhoods or have had traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And then that is juxtaposed with this just, like, purity and just kind of this singular focus of – being mm-hmm. an athlete who wins and who gets to right and that feels so like pure and and yeah. wholesome but then their struggle contains all of these other elements so i think that's also why it resonated so much with everyone is because there's a clear journey i, I think mm-hmm. we love a docu-series that's like the hero's yes, journey point a to point b right <laughs> we have this arc that we need to realize and this place everyone needs to get to and we're seeing the different obstacles they face along mm-hmm. the way and that is just the oldest type of narrative in the yeah. world and it's the only story yeah. that one can tell yeah how did you also sorry i said reality tv but it's a docu-series but it kind of has that similar reality tv thing of like dance moms or something where it's half a documentary but half like at the end of the episode you're like so who the fuck is going to make it today, Tonya? Yeah. And you don't know, and there's drama. It's so really... It's the perfect mix. Completely. How did you like the, the the structure of how it was set up and how they chose to sort of profile... They introduced you to all the sort of the main five characters, or six, I guess, yeah. including Monica, the coach, in the first mm-hmm. episode, but then they kind of dive deeper into each person's backstory with each consecutive episode. I thought it was brilliant. Amazing. Who, so here's my what I was thinking the whole time. Do you think that the creators of this show 
filmed them and got all this footage and then went back and looked through everything and thought, who has the most compelling story? Or do you think they knew up front who they wanted to focus on? I think they probably knew. Okay. I think maybe they, after the initial round of eliminations to decide who was on Matt, I think they probably chose those people. But I feel like they probably had pretty like clear intentions to choose Ladarius and Jerry and Lexi already because they're just like interesting. I don't know. And- they all had a backstory, you know, where some of the other people might just be like, yeah, I came here for CC and I love cheerleading. True. And I think they obviously chose Gabby fucking Butler because... Gabby fucking Butler. Gabby fucking Butler. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times people were like, you're Gabby She's Butler. She's Gabby Butler. Like, if I were Gabby Butler and people were constantly telling me who I was, Gabby Butler, I... I would snap. No, she loves it. I don't know if I could do it. She abs- I You think, like, I felt like she had so much pressure being put on her by her parents, and oh my god, I don't Definitely. know. Definitely. Just imagine if everyone was like, you're Paige Smith. It's like, I don't even know if, <laughs> like, can Gabby Butler even be Gabby Butler? G- like, can she live up to the name Gabby Butler? I'm gonna name, um... Because Gabby Butler's a superhero. I'm gonna name my daughter Gabby Butler, and that's her first name. It's just Please. Gabby Butler. <laughs> Gabby Butler. <laughs> You're fucking Gabby Butler. So I think that they must have chosen her too because she has – it's a good contrast between, say, exa- say for example, Morgan, who is someone who Ugh. has less – Little angel Little baby. angel child. She has less skill up front at least and has to really work and to prove herself, whereas Gabby is someone who has been established in the world of cheerleading and I think they wanted to use her. Well, she was one of the first – she was one of the first um, in the original wave of cheer liberties. <laughs> That's exactly right. Lest we forget. Yeah. I mean, she had well over 500,000 Instagram followers before the show even started <laughs> filming. I mean, everybody watched her. It's fucking insane. Everybody watched her for their own cheer everybody inspiration. Everybody knew that was Gabby Butler. Yeah. She's the all-around cheerleader. Nobody can do it like her. Nobody's no, a flyer, is. a tumbler, and a stunter like Gabby. I was screaming when they were doing, like, the auditions and it was so complicated. And Gabby Butler shows up, like, the last day of auditions, does some shit, and then the coach is like, I mean, we're obviously going to fucking put Gabby Butler on. <laughs> like, she's making Matt and I, Like, she just had it in the bag. Yeah. Uh, like, up front. And I'm sure if no. she didn't, if she didn't yeah. make Matt, she would be, like, off to shoot another promo commercial. She'd be like, no, I'm not, yeah. not going to be. She's like, great. I'm enrolled in six other colleges. Yeah, I'm not going to be so. not on Matt. See y'all at Daytona. <laughs> so I loved, I loved her story. I loved Lexi. I mean, let's just Lexi was the one that I was the most obsessed with personally. Let's talk about the fact I that she couldn't. also really uh, there was a similar like resonance with her to the character from Bring It On, who comes in from the other town and she's uh-huh. like a gymnast, not a cheerleader. And she doesn't fit yeah. in with everyone. What's her name? Eliza Dushku plays her, but she I have no clue. She, she's such a badass and I felt like Lexi was that person, although less confident. Lexi was so funny. So good. I loved Lexi was like the only foil in the show to this insane fucking energy of like Daytona's the most important thing to ever happen. Cheerleading is everything to me. If we don't do this, we're all going to die. And Lexi was the single counter example that was like, 
yeah, Cheer's fun, but, like, I don't know if they fit in or if I even like it that much. I've always (laughs) just kind of, like, been on the outside of Cheer. (laughs) Yeah. But. And she, like, doesn't give a shit. Like, she just wants to smoke weed and go to a rave. True. But, like, she can't. But. But also she can tumble. She, she's also, (laughs) it's very clear how much she adores Monica because in the very first episode when they're profiling her, she's in her dorm room or whatever. And she's like, I mean, (laughs) she's like, I wasn't even going to go to college, but Monica saw something in me and she, it's, (laughs) she's a, she adores Monica. And then in the fight, when they're at Daytona, I love this scene so much. She's crying and Ladarius says to her, you are everything that I wish I could be. And she's just sobbing, and they both hug. And this is before the, they even get on that. To Lexi, he says, he says that? that to Wait, Lexi. I don't remember. Yes, it's so sweet. Iconic. It's so sweet. I mean, like, same. I mean, she is everything. Just that level of nonchalance. But pure, like, raw, Icon. crazy talent. Talent. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. Insane. Obviously, Jerry is... The bleached hair mm. and the vaping, iconic. Truly. I could not get over the vaping. Yeah. So The good. most unconventional cheerleader. Um, <laughs> what did you think of Jerry? Let's start with him. I mean, Jerry is the heart of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I read in... Jerry is the heart of America, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> that's, a- that's actually true. I read an article that described jerry as a human sunbeam and i was like that's it <laughs> no that's literally that's it. it he his cheering his mat talk can we talk oh. about his mat talk can we talk mat talk yes i i've never felt more inspired in my life and he wasn't speaking to me i'm gonna like get a little audio file of jerry doing the mat talk for all of his <laughs> like teammates and i'm gonna play that when i feel down yes! yeah <laughs> No, literally. I need... It's all my ringtones I now. need Jerry to mat talk my life. <laughs> mm. I... Uh, the amount that we could achieve if, we f- if each of us had a if Jerry... If we had Jerry being like, get out of bed, be productive today, let's get going, <laughs> yeah. you got this, like, wow. Oh, God, I love him so much. And truly the most inspirational story, like, just what resilience, I don't know. He's amazing. Resilience and I think... It was a re- it was really interesting to compare Jerry and Ladarius, and I don't think that we should necessarily compare them. But yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see that they have very different things that happen in their childhood, but they both had a lot of pain in their lives, and it was interesting to hmm. see how that pain can shape people differently. Like we have Jerry, who yeah. has who is just a lover to his core, and then we have Ladarius, who really has become like hard and bitter in a lot of ways rightfully so Mm. because of the things he's experienced and being sexually abused and abandoned and yeah in becoming hard and bitter he's also become one of the most like supremely talented cheerleaders in the world completely he oh he's a star turned that like pain into yeah pure fucking talent i mean they touched on it throughout the series but he was like being a little problematic or not trying as hard at some points but like he was the best one. He was the Gabby Butler. He was the boys' Gabby Butler. Yeah. The Gabby Butler of, of stunting and tumbling. He absolutely was. And 
but I was I was so frustrated the way that he treated Jerry when Monica put Jerry in in his place when he when mm-hmm. he wasn't when Ladarius wasn't trying and how he was kind of so tor- so bitter toward Jerry but also was he or was he just bitter towards the situation because I was kind of Monica's he would no like, he was Monica he was like mean to Jerry like he was ignoring him and stuff in their dorm room oh yeah, yeah. and but. but I don't know if that was mean. I I read that more as like he was butt hurt. Totally, but also know. not being a very supportive friend. Paige hates Ladarius, you guys. No, I do not. I'm just defensive <laughs> of Jerry because Jerry was supportive of everyone. We all are the entire time, and then you know he gets his moment yeah. in the sun, no, yeah. and Ladarius won't even like say anything to him about it because he's butt hurt. No, yeah, that's true. But I was loving how serious Ladarius like when he when he would give those little pep talks. And be like, you guys, Iconic. I take this seriously, and some of y'all aren't taking this seriously right now, and I can see that, and y'all need to take it seriously and act like- Like, watching it, I, like, st- I straightened my back, sat up. I know. Like, hands on my lap, I was like, okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> he's, he's like, you have to act like everyone's coming for your spot, because <laughs> they are. And they fucking were. And they were. I want to touch on the fact that the entire time, my brother and I, while watching, were like, chill out with saying you don't know if you're on Matt until fucking Daytona. I was like, yeah, you do. Like, Gabby Butler knows she's on Matt. Like, these people know they're on Matt. Nothing's gonna change. And I was dead fucking wrong. You were. Because you don't know if you're on Matt, not even until Daytona starts, until Daytona's over. You don't know. You could be on Matt. You don't know. In that two minutes and 15 seconds, anything can happen. (laughs) And it did. It did. That That was a wild ride. Because as a viewer, as someone who knows nothing about cheer i thought it was over when that guy hurt himself yeah i was like oh well that's done they lost i didn't know that they would have a second yeah. chance which i think is cool that they do that no, yeah it makes sense for a sport that dangerous to have like a, an injury clause yes totally but then the guy can you imagine the pressure monica comes up i think his name is alex and she's like hey, so can you do this how much can you learn and he's like whatever you give to me and and they have <laughs> 30 minutes to get him to where he needs to be with it but like it's 30 minutes but also the entire season because he knew you never know if you're on matt until daytona's over and he probably believed it so he'd been training as if he were going to be on matt you know and imagine him watching the routine and it starts and he's like okay i can breathe a sigh of relief i'm done and then, and then nope no. he's on Matt 60 seconds in that one guy who does the shark bait hoo ha ha cheer yes. it snaps his fucking ankle. <laughs> <laughs> he the most dramatic. Thing he in the was world. amazing to me. I love. I just love the pep talks that they all were giving each other the entire time. I love time. the background gaze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, iconic. <laughs> so okay, I want to talk about Monica. How Please. did you? Okay, from the very first second that they portrayed her, they play these boots are made for walking in the background, which was just perfect with her, with her blouses and her like low rise jeans with her belts and her boots. And but what did you think of her overall as a coach? Because she inspires such loyalty in her athletes. I think I loved her. Like, I think a lot of. Yeah, no, I think I was obsessed with her. I thought she was great. Just some of the stuff that she did, like. When that one guy was injured and she, like, made him continue even though he was clearly in pain. Yeah. Some of that stuff, like, maybe it's just my own, like, past trauma with coaches. But, like, that stuff is annoying to me and it feels unnecessary. But also I understand that you kind of have to create that 
environment of like fear and respect and dedication i don't know but uh, like based on how much everybody all the kids loved her i chose to love her too i think yeah i think we kind of have to take their word for it right because every single person on that team said said they would take i think it was morgan who said she would take a bullet for her yeah i mean and Oh, and Morgan, Morgan just looked at her with the most puppy dog eyes all the time. Anything, she, anytime Morgan just had the most puppy dog eyes for everything. She did, but anytime Monica would say "good job" or Morgan go in or something, the look on her face mm-hmm. just blind loyalty. Yeah. And so I think that she was really cool. My friend Jess actually said that she reminded her of the of uh, Sandra Bullock's character in The Blind Side. Did you see that? Which yeah, is probably just like that. the southern yeah. strong woman trope. With that same colored hair. Yeah, with yeah. the same colored hair and like pushing for her for her kids to be the best. And leather and like high rise jeans. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. But yeah, wow. I really I enjoyed her a lot and but it was interesting to see I rewatched a few of the episodes and on the first watch, I was just like, she's perfection. And then the second watch, I did start to look more closely at the moments where there are a lot of injuries happening. And she really, it's interesting mm-hmm. how she does have this kind of coldness about her that like. That's cheer, baby. I guess that's cheer. But she doesn't, anytime someone falls, she would never rush over to them. The camera would pan to her kind of like biting her nails and it would be the mm-hmm. trainers who would rush in. Not saying that's necessarily bad obviously i mean that might make sense right right but even the way that she is she treats tt when he's so injured she's she's potentially putting her flyers in danger because if he's (laughs) no for real if he has an injury where he can't catch these girls then she's potentially putting even more people in danger and and just to prove a point right and then like she looks kind of irritated at morgan when morgan said she went to the er to check out her ribs later on and so i was like that's kind of interesting because the injuries are a really big part of this show that's kind of one of the main like plot points and i was doing some research the one of the characters one of the people speaking says it there but that cheer has the most catastrophic injuries uh for females Uh in high school sports and so i found uh, a stat that was saying that cheerleading, cheerleading accounts for 65% of all catastrophic injuries in youth sports, which Whoa. is, that's a, remarkable. That's insane. Right? Yeah. And there was apparently in 2006, there was a clause that helped reduce the number of of injuries. And it was like the basket toss, basket toss clause where they ruled that you couldn't do basket tosses on hard uh, surfaces. Basket tosses are when you throw them up and catch them with a bunch of people, right? It's when they make like a cradle with their arms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then launch, and launch the them up in the air and they do a million spins and things. Um, Got it. But it's sort of like, I can't believe it took until 2006 for that rule to be a thing. Like, no shit, they should like, do it on hard surfaces. no basket tossing on hard concrete. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, applaud them. But yeah. even in the gym they practice in, it's pretty bare bones if you look at it. Like, the mat that they practice on, it doesn't look very thick. Uh, it, well, it's a spring floor, I think. It is? Is it not? I thought it was, yeah. 
I have no clue. I don't know about these gyms. A, and it looked like a it looked like a spring floor to me with like extra padding on it, but I am not an expert. Which those are pretty soft, but yeah, no. I mean, clearly, still, it wasn't enough to stop people from just getting their bones snapped. Right, and the I mean, that's where I just I think this is not something that is necessarily unique to cheerleading because you see it with a lot of sports in general, but. I think kids, young athletes who so revere their coaches that they're willing to put themselves in like physical danger for the respect of their coaches. You know yeah. what I mean? And, we, and we, physical harm that may last their entire life. Right. Like getting concussions, injuring their brains, like their knees. Right. This yeah. stuff is no joke, but I think it's kind of an interesting thing because it just made me think about about my high school sport career as a runner. Mm. And there were so we had a lot of injuries always on on the team of just a lot of the amount of people constantly running with shin splints. Right, the amount of overuse injuries where it's just like, yeah, you get hurt because you're doing a repetitive movement over and over, and you're doing you're logging like high mileage. But it made me think of that because I was able to be on varsity for a few years and I was so obsessed with maintaining that spot for myself and getting to like be part of this team that would win championships and things like that, that I definitely, I I sucked it up, you know, like I never Mm, was sick. When I was sick, I still ran if like I just, I did what I had to do and I think I don't regret that, but it is interesting to think about how in those moments, like, it feels like sports are your entire world, so you're willing to put your your own safety on the line for, like, what could be just a moment in time. And, like, a moment in high school time or a moment in, like, collegiate time when there's no professional world of that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, like sometimes or that's how I don't know I think we had very different high school sport experiences but for me I was always so apathetic to high school sports despite being on them all four years of high school and just sports in general all my life I was very like fuck this I don't want to go to practice I'm just here for the orange slices at halftime (laughs) and those Capri Suns literally or like like that one mom would bring gushers do you ever get rice krispie treats yeah. Yes. Those were oh big. Oh my fucking god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like a hot day, wiping the sweat off your forehead, an orange slice of Rice Krispie, and like your mom throws you a bottle of orange Gatorade. Ugh. And you're. That's, that's the dream. dream. And then the coach is like, you're sitting out the third quarter, and you're like, great. <laughs> Give me a fucking chair. And he's like, stay warm. And you're like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm just going to inhale this like brownie that another mom gave yeah, me really quick. <laughs> literally. Yeah. 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 No, so that's, like, all I liked. Um, but then in high school, I, I had, like, no reverence for the sport. And so I would always just, like, think about getting injured while running. Mm. I did cross country as well. And we'd be on, like, those, like, 14-mile runs every Monday for the boys' team. And I would think about halfway through, like, if I just, like, jumped six feet into that ditch and landed a little weird, I could snap my ankle <laughs> and not have to run again for the rest of this fucking season. I think that's pretty universal. Which similarly, we would, like... We would joke about... Yeah. This is so morbid and awful, but we would joke about... We would run up this hill where there was um, a decent amount of 
traffic in the street next to us. We'd be on the sidewalk oh, and we would think like, Hill. we would be like, what if we just like walked in front of a car, which is, I th- can't <laughs> even believe we thought that, but you're just in so much pain no. that you're yeah. like, what other pain could I, could get me out of this? Oh yeah. And that's what I was getting back to is like the fact of whether you're willing to, to get hit by a car to get out of running or to injure yourself for running the fact that you're willing to go to those extremes or even think about the, those things for a fucking high school sport, which, like, in the grand scheme of almost everybody's life who does it means not much. Like, it's a learning opportunity and, like, you meet friends and stuff, but that's possible without wanting to jump in front of a car to get out of a run. It is, and I think or, on the one hand, it's... I don't know. On the one hand, that sounds crazy, right? But then on the other hand, there I think... And this is where our experiences really differed, but I attribute a lot of who I am today from the sports I did in high school and the passion that I had for them. And I look back and I think, Mm. oh, do I wish I could have been a little easier on myself when I had a bad race because it was not – I wouldn't care about it in five years, you know what I mean, or even in two years. Sure, I do wish that I could have been easier on myself, but also I think about that it's not kind of like – it was sort of like an all or nothing experience. Like if I wanted to be on varsity, mm, I, okay. I I had to have this level of passion and investment that for me was enjoyable. Did it, did it make me nervous? Did I have challenges? Of course, but it was worth it for me. And I got so much out of putting all of I, everything that I had mm. into it. But I think that's because I genuinely liked it. And I think if everyone has – to, you know, go back to what you said earlier in the episode, everyone has their own Daytona. Everyone has their own, their own obstacle or, or like journey <laughs> that makes the struggle worthwhile for them. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. But it, That's it is true. interesting to think about high school sports or collegiate sports in general, because it, it, especially we see it with someone like Gabby Butler, who has kind of made a, a little bit of a career out of this, but <laughs> It becomes impossible to say just her first name. <laughs> it really is. I can't just call her Gabby. No. I it's interesting to see how much a part of your identity this sport becomes. And yeah. I saw that in teammates of mine and even myself to a certain degree when I entered college because I ran for my freshman year there and then I stopped because I realized I didn't enjoy it and also I was not even close mm. to talented enough to actually race in collegiate races. But it was it was this like part of my identity. And I'm glad I had other interests because I think when it's when it's like, this is who I am, I'm a cheerleader or I'm a runner or I'm a soccer player, and then that gets taken away from you, it's can be really shattering. And you suddenly have this I mean that's kind of like a bit of the allure of of sports in general, I think, and like a hard ass coach like that that demands one hundred percent dedication is that it gives you an excuse, and maybe this is an armchair psychologist of me, but it gives people an excuse or something that they can throw all of their energy and dedication and passion and drive into without feeling bad about it or like they're not putting their eggs in enough baskets. You know what I mean? It lets you give 100% dedication to something and like this routine and it let and it has somebody outline your life for you. You need to eat like this, practice like this, sleep like this, hang out with these people. And I feel like there's probably some comfort in just like giving up all control 
and just being like, I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. This is what I do. Totally. But then when that's gone, when like there's no more Monica in your life, what do you do? Right. It gives you the, f- the permission to have this really narrow focus for yeah, exactly. a short period of your life. But then wow. that can be, if you don't take the time to cultivate other parts of your personality or cultivate other interests, I think that can be really devastating when it's pulled away from you and you have yeah. to, you might have an existential crisis, you know? Yeah. Especially when there's a timeline to it. When it's not something like, um, I don't know, if you're really into, like, music, you can do that for the rest of your life. But cheerleading, unless you become a coach, like, they talk the entire series about how it ends after college. Right. Like, there's nothing after that. Yeah, that's it. Other than, like, teaching other kids how to be a cheerleader. But, like, I don't know if that's the dream for a lot of those kids who love the competition, who love the physicality of it, like... Yeah, I don't know. So interesting. What what did the show make you think about or rethink about cheerleading as a sport? Like, did you learn anything that um, that really surprised you, or? Um, n- not really. I guess just like the level of dedication. I don't know. I feel like I knew that cheerleading was like badass and cool. I feel like for a lot of people, maybe this was their first introduction to like how intense and athletic cheerleading is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, having done like gymnastics and stuff, I knew that that shit was crazy, but the dedication for sure. And I didn't realize, I guess, how much of a team sport it was, even though it's obvious that they're on a team. Like I didn't realize that they had that kind of connection. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or just the trust. I think that's what blew me away the most maybe was like the trust that was required to get launched 45 feet in the air or whatever the fuck oh it is. Oh my gosh, terrifying. And do 85 twists. Remember yeah. when... Sh- Especially when you know that they're dropping people. Remember when <laughs> Sherbs... I think it's... I don't know, maybe... Oh my god, Sherb. Maybe episode three or four, <laughs> but Sherbs gets, like, launched and literally nobody's there to catch her. And they... She doesn't even get launched either. She gets thrown up in the air by her feet and then brought down to the ground by her feet. Like, they have their hands on her ankle the whole time, so she's just, like, pendulum slammed into the ground face Why first. was nobody there? I was kind of irritated that they didn't really address that in... Dana and I watched that 14 times. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was impossible not to rewind and then just be like... <gasps> so, the, the tea was that they had, like, two groups on either side who were swapping girls. Like, they each had a girl in, like, their little basket, and they were throwing them by their feet and launching them into the other side, right? Right. And so they were supposed to swap, but one of the sides messed up during the initial swap or during, like, the the setup for it. So they just disbanded and the group, like, moved apart and didn't throw their girl. But then the other group still threw their girl to the initial group thinking that they would be there to catch her. But they had already been like, we fucked up. So they separated and then she just slammed into the ground. I was so angry when that happened. (laughs) Just on like that. I would never trust anyone again. (laughs) <laughs> that'd be it that would be it i would cut off you're not cut out for cheerleading clearly. clearly if that was me i would cut off all relationships in my life i'd be like oh no you're my boyfriend you have nothing to do with cheerleading but still we're done because you i can't would fucking trust drop me yeah i can't mat. trust anyone now <laughs> i don't even know who i am wow that was devastating Ugh. that was like truly horrifying what did it make you rethink about uh cheerleading i think it gave me a, just a lot more respect for the sport i also knew Mm. that it 
I, I knew it wasn't just some kind of like song and dance sport because my sister-in-law cheered for years and years and she was, she went to Daytona and she was a, a collegiate cheer athlete and really talented. Hmm. And so I knew from through her and just hearing stories of her experiences, how intense it is. But I think just there's mm. something about seeing it, seeing the slow motion tumbling. It's insane. Seeing the yeah. slow motion like basket tosses, you just can't help but have such immense respect and like awe for, for what these people are doing, for what for the feats they're capable of mm-hmm. with their bodies. It's just incredible. Yeah. No, it's insane. Oh, and it's so cool to see like that individual tumbling talent, but mixed into a team sport. Totally. Where somebody has to do something like, like somebody can do 85 flips and twists in the air, but they can only do that when four other people throw them and catch them. Yeah, it is. It is yeah, like a cool. really cool, beautiful thing that, and even the trust of maybe this feels like obvious to anyone who's who has done the sport or anything but to me anytime they would tumble and they would have to start with um a back like what is it called a handspring <laughs> i'm losing yeah back, back handspring. handspring round off back they just don't yeah. even know who's behind them like you also have to trust that everyone's doing their part oh yeah that the choreography's on yes point. because either you're just going backwards you could hit somebody you could collide i don't know i just couldn't stop but thinking well, that, that when you're yeah when you're diving backwards, you you see. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, but no, still like it. It's so fast when they're doing that that like, especially because they do those things where they cross each other's paths a yes. lot. Like they get points for that, so they have to know like down to the split second. Like I'm gonna be doing a round off backhand spring right there, and then you're gonna come half a second later, but we're not gonna hit each other. Yeah. You know wild. what I find amazing too is the mental process of doing those flips in the air because I'm sure on the one hand you hear them say even to each other don't think about it don't think about it so like you have to there's this element of having to like surrender and release Mm. your thoughts about it and kind of just get into your body and feel it right but then there's also you have to be so intensely focused and aware of where your hands are Mm -hmm. going at every moment how you're gripping where your legs are going, which direction you're turning, who's there it's to catch crazy. you. So it's like it requires such intense it, – it's just as much mental, but yet you can't also be too in your head about it or else you'll, you'll fuck up. It's that thing of like when somebody is correcting your form on anything and you're like, okay, I need to like push my right arm higher or like twist on my lower half more. But then once there's like three things to think about, push my left arm, twist my lower half and like move my leg this way. Then you do none of it because you're overthinking. It's that like perfect balance between habit and just the trust in your body, but also making the changes that it that need to be made. Like, how do they do that? I don't know. I don't know. We see Morgan go through that a lot because she is asked to really step up when a lot of the original flyers get get hurt and she she'll just be like okay let's just do it let's just do it and you can tell (laughs) she has to go to that place of like let's just try it before i really think too much about it or i'm gonna or i won't be able to do it i'm gonna freak out yeah no it's amazing um i want to i want to ask you like something that i thought was interesting throughout the show is that a journey like this or a, a documentary series like this might typically focus on an underdog 
right? And mm. as as a culture, we love to root for underdogs. There's nothing more exciting. And so I think this show is interesting because these are not the underdogs. They have won the national championships over 10 times. They're clearly winners. They're at the top of their game. They're the people to beat. And yet their victory in the end feels just as like triumphant as mm. if they had started from the very bottom. Why do you think that is? My initial thought is that the team itself, definitely not an underdog. Like you said, they've won so many times, but I think the documentary does a good job of showcasing the fact that it's made up of underdogs. Mm -hmm. Like, Jerry is an underdog by his circumstances. He's, like, a queer black man who was orphaned and has had a fucking terrible go of it and grew up extremely poor. Ladarius was bullied all of his life for who he was. Morgan also doesn't know her parents. Like, they're made up of people who society might deem as, like... The misfits. Not prepared, not prepared to be a champion. Or doesn't have, like, yeah, 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 exactly, the misfits, or doesn't have the opportunity to do these kinds of things. But together they form this beautiful whole. <laughs> sounds so <laughs> dramatic talking about it, but it's true. Like, they're all these really specific cases of, like, they've gone through hard shit, and they might be l looked over or not thought to be much from the outside, but, like, in this world of cheerleading, and together they can be... Gabby fucking Butler's teammates. Completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so true. And a what <coughs> I mean, when we think about sports, like there are so many iconic sports movies that are universally beloved. Like, remember the Titans, The Blind Side, Invictus, Miracle, mm -hmm. Without Limits. We have all of these movies that even if you're not someone who is athletic or you've never done sports in your life or you're yeah. you just don't take it that seriously it's still these movies affect everybody and i think maybe that is kind of because they allow you to see like this documentary series does the people behind the athletes mm. and when when you're doing a sport you see so many you see people at their best and their worst and y you I don't know. They you just see people growing, learning more about who they are, triumphing, failing, and that's impossible not to be captivated by that just just yeah. humanity, you know? Yeah. I I like I said earlier, I think sports or competitive sports or any sort of competitive game, anything like that is a condensed version of the hero's journey of like there's this issue that will require this sort of training, this pathway to, to go along, and it'll arrive at this goal if done correctly. Like, they will, they want to win Daytona, so they work hard, and then they win Daytona. And we love seeing stories like that, and it just, it has the perfect amount of real-world context, but it's also separated from, like, fuck, I need to find a job, which might be your personal Daytona, but that's, like, a little intense to watch, where sports movies just have these, like, simplicity, or the simplicity of narrative yeah that i don't know you see the humanity behind it but it's also like sometimes you want the the massive problem to be winning the high school football game and not like dealing with the divorce of your parents you know what i mean completely i think yeah you said it exactly right why sports are so appealing is because i think they show a battle that's just so easy to, it's just like neatly defined. 
You know what I mean? Yes, it's, exactly. It's like winner, loser, mm-hmm. obstacle, goal, victory, yes. loss. It's just so mm-hmm. it's just so palatable, and it's. I think it's. I, and whether it's a victory or a loss, you get to be like, you can justify and be happy with either ending. You know, if they win, they won. And you're like, fuck yes. But if they had lost Daytona, it would have been like, well, it was just Daytona and they're still remarkable people. Where if, yeah, if the battle was war or like is it some other much grander issue, then it's not as cut and dry as that and you can't really be happy with it. Right. But. And I think it is like, it's very satisfying as a viewer to put yourself into a conflict that is that doesn't have these devastating life and death stakes Mm -hmm. right and it may feel like it at the time unless you're sure unless you're sure (laughs) and you could literally die into the fucking ground (laughs) but i guess that's the kind of cool thing is when you're an athlete and you're in that position like it's clear to those kids that this is life or death in a lot of ways like they Mm. place everything onto this competition and all of their heart, all of all of their like self worth in a lot of ways, and so for them mm-hmm. it is this. It feels d- defining, and then I think for as a mm-hmm. viewer though, you know the stakes are high like emotionally, but it's something that you can wrap your head around. And yeah, like you said, it's yeah. I don't know. It's just easier to take in for that reason, and mm-hmm. I love it. Freaking love it. I love it too. Oh, it was so good. I think this is going to be like in the likes of those movies people rewatch over and over. Yeah. Oh, no, I could start rewatching it now. I want to, now that we've been talking about it, I'm like, I need to see that first episode. Mm -hmm. Just the drama. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to rewatch it as well. And I think something that, you know, I do want to bring up because I think we have to talk about all aspects of this show and we've talked about We've praised it so much, and we've also talked mm. about the, I don't know, the kind of gray area of how they deal with injuries and things like that. And yeah, but something else yeah. I wanted, I thought that was interesting was how they addressed just queerness in general on the show. And clearly, a lot of yeah. the athletes on this show are gay, and I, I was just interested by the fact that that wasn't always at the forefront of the conversation. Yeah, I think they only say the word gay once. Right. Or Ladarius says it, like, once. Most of the time, he, like, interestingly references himself as, like, being fruity or... Saying that's how other people called him, right? Yeah. To me, it felt a bit like one of those things where, like, if you're, like, a hyper-Christian mom who doesn't love that stuff, then you could look over it more easily and still enjoy the show versus if they were, like... The aspect of being a queer black man in this world is difficult. You know what I mean? Like, that would be maybe too much for the general public. So I, I could see why they tried to, like, tell that narrative, but not in the most direct way. But it still felt a little bit strange. It was like... Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely... Like, the, there's a reason this sport is, like, a refuge for queer people. Right. You know? So, like, I wonder how that's interesting. I wonder how Monica... It, like, is she able to encourage these people and make them feel loved and teach them to support themselves for who they are? Like, is she doing that? Because I know she referenced being very religious. So, like, how does that play into... Right. 
her affection for these kids. I don't know. And she's... I, I could have gone for some, some more in-depth info on that, but I think that, again, would have been a bit controversial for something that Netflix was trying to appeal to wider America, which is sad, and I don't say that I support that, but, like, you can see why they had to do it, or not had to, but why they wanted to. Right, and there is a scene with with Monica, what you're talking about, where she's driving in the car, and clearly the producers are asking her questions about that, and she says, listen, I'm really conservative, I'm religious, but if anybody tries to, you know, say anything about my boys, I'm the first person to go to bat for them, and she says that she has had an argument with her pastor, I think, about Uh that, and so, but we, but it's all kind of vague so and effectively broad. she's like she's like yeah they're f-words but they're my f-words <laughs> right right <laughs> which i hate that i'm like i don't know i i feel like that personally as a queer person that kind of shit bothers me it's like okay so you feel comfortable to not have to address the intricacies of this because you're not directly affected right even though the people you love are you're like yeah you know my pastor and i will bicker about that well it's like that's the extent of the ramifications to be, of this for you. To be fair, though, that was a probably 60-second clip in six hours of footage where we can't – I don't think we can say exactly what her positions are. We we can infer, but I there's – I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I'm personally – I'm willing to infer. Like, I feel like I know how people – as a queer person, I've seen those kind of arguments before, and it's clear. It's like the same shit as, like – you know, I'm totally fine with it. I just don't want my kids to see it in public. Right. And I think... That's how it felt to me. That's why I was interested by just uh, to know more of the dynamics of being being like a gay athlete on that team living in Corsicana, which is a small conservative town mm-hmm. in Texas. And kind of like, it, it. it's interesting. They have this space where... Hopefully they can be comfortable and be completely themselves and get to express themselves in the way that ways that they want to. But then that's a really small ecosystem in terms of just like yeah. the cheer world when in fact they're going to this college where we see in the first episode a professor ta- saying, here's some info about Texas if you weren't raised from here, you know. It's real. It's largely a conservative state. We don't believe yeah. in gay marriage. We we're pro life. All of these different things, and so it's like I just I wanted to know more about how it feels for them and how that is. It's also like they they have this safe space where like the person that they love. It's a safe space, but at the same time, the person they love and revere most, their coach, likely voted for Trump. And likely doesn't like to discuss the intricacies of their life as queer people or have it brought up. Right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am about that. And so, I don't know. It's definitely, like, a much bigger issue. And to me, the fact that it was only addressed for 60 seconds in a car ride and she didn't want to say, even mention it directly, it was like, you know, if somebody says something to my boys, I'm the first one to defend them. But it wasn't like, if somebody attacks them for their sexuality or for who they are. I don't know. There's a clear, like, I, lack of willingness to talk directly about the issue, which to me represents that that space might not be as safe as 
as it was made out to be, or that those people are still having, those boys specifically are still having to deal with a lot of discomfort Mm -hmm. in this sport and in the area that they're in. I don't know. Sad. I think it's important when, when we look at these things to not, to not only look at one part of it. And I think, Hmm. you know, things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like I enjoyed this series and I've been recommending it to everyone. And yet I also think there are a couple moments where they had an opportunity to dig a bit deeper and it could have it could have turned a lot of people off but it also could have positively impacted a lot of different groups yeah. of people no i very much agree well season two <laughs> <laughs> where so where do you think uh, just to wrap it up where do you think this is going to go for the people who starred in this show because now they have millions of instagram followers they're getting invited to on talk shows they're getting invited to celebrity parties like what do you see happening with this i don't know what i see at all honestly but i just need for jerry to be happy (laughs) same whatever way that works out whether that's him being on a talk show or him getting like some youtube series that takes off i just need jerry to be able to live his life to the fullest all of them you know i i need ladarius to have to be like a star. That's true. Yeah, I need Ladarius to be the best cheerleader in the world, which he might be. Ugh. I, yeah. Wow. Well, it was a it was a beautiful ride. I'm glad we took it. Truly. I loved it. Oh. And I'm proud. And let us know what you thought. Yeah. As always, please email us at overanalyzingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, You can also Mm -hmm. leave us a rating or review and tell us if you enjoyed it. And we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you soon. Bye.